Welcome to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get help and guidance through the chaos of parenting a child with anxiety or OCD. This show is for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the guidance of a qualified professional. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. I hope you're doing well. Today, I want to talk to you about what do you do when your child or your teenager is just not wanting to use their coping mechanisms? You're telling them you have coping skills. How about you use them? And you're getting no traction. Some kids have an aversion to using coping skills. And so that is why I invited Janine Holleran back onto the show. I've had her twice before, I think, or maybe three times. She is actually one of my favorite people, to be honest. And I love talking to her because she's so down to earth and she has such good, helpful resources in this area. And so she is my go-to expert on coping skills. And that's why I've had her on quite a few times before. So for those of you that do not know her, I'll introduce you to her work. She is a licensed mental health counselor. She's an author of the best-selling book, Coping Skills for Kids and Coping Skills for Teens, two incredible books that are kind of like every therapist's book on their shelf. It's And it's a go-to resource for a lot of parents. It's a nice, those are both really good books. She also makes these coping skill cards that are very cool. But today we're going to be talking about what happens when you aren't getting traction with those things, that you have some of the resources, but you're not getting them to be able to move the dial. And so we had a great conversation about that. Janine also has opened up a new community, which I think is incredibly cool. So if you ever felt like, oh my gosh, I need some ongoing resources, I need to maybe have, you know, be able to interact with someone who can talk to me about the struggles that I'm having, she has a new community called Coping Skills Community Hub. We will talk about that in this episode, and you can learn more about that as well at copingskillsforkids.com slash hub. So definitely check that out. Today's episode is sponsored by NoCD. NoCD offers affordable, effective, convenient therapy. They are available in the U.S. and outside the U.S., and you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation to see if NoCD is a right fit for you and your child. Just go to treatmyocd.com. Go to treatmyocd.com. I will leave a link in the show notes. I also have one more announcement. I was like, wait, I have one more thing to tell you, and I'm like, what is it? The AT Parenting Community. Speaking of communities, I have uh, opened the doors to the AT Parenting Community when this goes live, which would be May 16th, 2023. And so the doors are open currently. They opened up yesterday and they close on Thursday, the 18th, uh, I think at 9 p.m. Pacific. I don't remember. We have, we always have to have like a, a deadline. And we do that so that our community is not bombarded with new members all of the time. And so I open up the doors every quarter. And so about every three months it opens unless the wait list gets too big. And then we sometimes open it only to the wait list in between that. And so it's one of those times and we won't open it up again for the next few months. So if you've been meaning to join the AT Parenting Community, now is the time. You can go to atparentingcommunity.com and in the community, it is a membership. So it's a monthly membership. It is the price of a copay. So not a big financial investment because you will get 24-7 support. People get access to me. And actually, Jeannie and I were just talking about that in my interview, how it's so cool 
in memberships where you get kind of like a front row seat to the person that you're really soaking up their resources. I have joined quite a few memberships for, this is going to sound so stupid, but I joined a membership once for memberships before I actually created my membership. And I loved it because that's all the stuff I wanted to learn. And it was just nice to be able to ask the experts directly. I had direct access to them in their forums and I was able to have back and forth and say, wait, I can't get this working, or I don't know about this part of it. And I would get these the experts in the field to respond to me and they had live classes. And so the AT Parenting community actually was modeled after that one, which is giving you live classes each week, giving you a roadmap of exactly where to start with your child's anxiety or OCD. We have Zoom support group calls for parents, Zoom support group calls for kids, one for teens. We have a buddy program where we connect people together. And so you can find someone to kind of partner up with or someone in your community. And there is a slew of free classes that you get along with your membership. And so um, you do get some of my online classes from my AT Parenting Survival School. You get free access to those as a member while you are a member. So a ton, crazy amount of stuff that you get for uh, less than a copay per month. And just check that out at atparentingcommunity.com. The doors are open. They do close on Thursday, May 18th. So we're going to be talking about community today when I talk to Janine and check out her community as well, which is open right now and is amazing for coping skills. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Janine. Well, I want to welcome Janine back to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I'm glad to be here, Natasha. We always talk for hours before we actually start recording this podcast. So it's so funny. Uh, Today, I want to talk about a question that I get a lot, and I'm sure you get a million times a day, which is how do we help our kids who don't want to use any of the coping skills they're taught either by us or by their therapist? And so let's just dive right into that. Yeah, absolutely. I get that all the time, actually, all all the time. And, you know, it's the kids will come and be like, I don't want to use coping skills. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to do this. And so the first thing I always think, both as a professional and as a parent, is you've got to remember that when we are working towards coping skills and building these strategies, this is a marathon and not a sprint. So we really have to take the long picture, the long idea of this is we're building strategies, we're building things bit by bit, piece by piece, so that they will gain these skills over time. So one of the first things I will do is instead of focusing on coping skills first, I start to talk with kids about the things that they like, because that actually are, those are coping skills, but they don't know it yet. So I want to talk to them. So I have this very vivid memory of this one particular teenager who was very reluctant to talk about coping skills. So she was willing to meet with me and she was willing to talk about her anxiety and the things that were going wrong. So, you know, we started talking about the things that she enjoyed. So she loves playing music. She was a fantastic musician, like incredible, like taught herself instruments and things like that. She was super into Harry Potter and super into history. So by connecting with her on those things, by talking about Harry Potter, by talking about the things that she enjoyed about music, it helps me understand the kind of kid that she was, the kind of interests that she had. And then I started talking with her about strategies that she could use. So we talked about, okay, you love music. When things are tough, when it's been a really rough day at school, what do you think about making a playlist of things that really, of songs that you love that calm you down? 
And because we had had the conversation about things that she loved, and I knew that music was one of her things that was just, it gave her such strength and energy. She was like, okay, that doesn't sound so bad. And so it really begins with the connection. It's really all about connecting with the kids, figuring out what they like, and then building from there, if that makes sense. It's so smart because I do feel like I'm thinking about therapists and I'm thinking about parents, you know, both. Uh, And I know on the parent side, we do start, a lot of parents do start with, you know, and I'll get questions like this. Well, you know, I told her to use her coping mechanisms and she's not using them. And I'll be like, well, what are those? And it's like the parent's idea of what the child should be doing. Well, I tell her she needs to get a walk. You know, she needs to get exercise or I tell her she needs to do her deep breathing. Right. And it's like, it's not coming from the child or team. And so I love that starting with what they like, or, and as a parent, starting with being aware of or tapping into what, what does my child like, you know, don't start with, well, we all need to take a walk or we all need to breathe, you know, because it's different for each kid, what will work. Yeah, absolutely. The thing is, you know, I think about my own two kids, they're very different children. I wouldn't, I, and I don't, I don't approach the two of them when they're having a tough time. I approach them in very different ways and I suggest very different things for them because I know who they are. My son, he needs to move his body. He needs to get outside. He needs to do jumping jacks. He needs to run. My daughter needs to chill out. She needs to listen to lo-fi. She needs to draw. And that's just who they are. And I try to honor that when I'm being a parent instead of a professional. But I also, as a professional, I also try to do that where I'm I want to honor the kid who's in front of me. I want to understand them and I want to meet them where they are and then go from there so that we can make some good progress and figure out what those strategies are that they can use when they're having a rough time. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes kids hear coping mechanisms or coping skills and they want to run for the hills, you know, because there's a negative connotation sometimes of you don't have to suffer if you would just listen to me and do these skills, you know, and so it, it can be almost invalidating. Yes. And so some, the other thing I would say is when it comes to actually trying coping skills, I actually, I almost never use the word coping skills, like almost never. I say the strategy mm-hmm. instead of saying, let's talk about your coping skills. And say, I say, let's try deep breathing with a gift. Let's try to go on a walk in nature. Let's try to do some jumping. Yeah. Let's try, you know, and so I try to focus on the actual strategy because that's really what I want them to do. We don't have to use the term coping skills or coping strategies if that makes them uncomfortable, if that's going to be a a thing that's going to shut them right down. So don't use it. Just use the actual skill name. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I just have to circle back. Breathing with a gift? (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I have teenagers now, right? So I feel like when we have teenagers now, that's crazy. I know, right? I felt like when when we first started talking, we had elementary school kids. I decided. I I did elementary school. Yeah. And now I have teenagers. And so all we do is like send each other, we have a family group chat and we just send videos and gifts and memes all day long. Like, this is a funny dog. I'm going to send it to you. I found this funny. And so, oh, it's adorable. And it's so, it's a way that we connect. But Mm -hmm. I also have found that for my teenagers, using short videos, like is a way to connect with them. Like, show me a video that shows, tells me about how you're feeling. And it gives them a little bit of a, they, they can be fun and playful with it. Like, or show me a video that you think is funny. Show me what's making you laugh these days. And that's the connection. But then I will share something like a deep breathing shape. So basically all it is, is a shape that moves and you breathe 
in as the shape expands and you breathe out as the shape collapses. And it's fun to do. Actually, that same girl that I was that we had a hard time connecting with initially on coping skills, she actually asked me to send her one of these breathing things when she was on a road trip with her family because they were driving her nuts. So (laughs) she was like, yeah, I just I just texted it to her. So then that way she could do the breathing and along with the shape. But then she didn't feel like, you know, she was going to, it wasn't something big, like an open showy sort of coping skill that she had to do. She could just do it on her phone. And that's why I like to use the, the gift because I can send it via text to my teens and they can, they're just looking at their phone. Like everybody else around them is like, okay, they're just a teenager on their phone instead of trying to do deep breathing with your hand or whatever like that. A teenager's not going to do that necessarily in the middle of school, but they will look at their phone surreptitiously. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's meeting them where, where they're at. They're staring at their phone. They get things from their phone. Uh, I like that. I mean, I've seen the breathing, like my Apple watch will do that. It will tell me to, you know, take five minutes and breathe, you know, and, it, and then it will, it'll come up like a little petal will grow and then get smaller. My daughter actually has like a, I forgot what it's called. I think it's Dojo. Maybe I'm wrong. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's a blue light that projects onto her ceiling. Oh. And yeah, it's on Amazon. I'll have to look it up. Oh. Or maybe you can while we're talking so that people aren't like, what was it? I'll leave it in the show notes because I find it on Amazon. But it, it projects a blue light and it it breathes onto her ceiling. And oh. I asked her, you know, it's one of those things, again, going back to what you were saying, it was like, there is this thing, you know, you're having a hard time sleep. She always had really bad, like sleep hygiene. She's always had a hard time going to sleep, staying asleep. And I said, oh, there is this thing, you know, and I showed it to her, showed a little video of it on Amazon. And do you think this would be helpful? You know, instead of buying it and just being like, use your tools or here, I bought you this. It's like giving them that agency. Agency has been a big word I've been using a lot lately. (laughs) Like just giving them the ability to choose for themselves. They're much more likely to use it. And I didn't think she was even using it. Like I always, she's very ritualistic, you know, and so sometimes I have to be careful with her OCD, but you shall just She'll hit it, you know, and then she wants this heavy blanket on top of her before she goes to bed. She has these things. But when the battery ran out, she was like, mom, my blue light's out. I need it, you know, and I didn't realize that she was actually breathing to it. And so it's the same concept. I love that. I'm, so first of all, that sounds amazing. And I'm actually, I'd love to try it with my own daughter who also has poor sleep hygiene. But I think what, to back to the agency piece of it, I think that's really what it comes down to because we want to teach them coping skills, right? We want our kids to learn them, but it's really their life. Like they have to own it. I'm not going to be walking through the high school cafeteria with them. I'm not going to be on at the playground at recess. They have to use them themselves. And so we can sort of help them figure out and practice, but really they need ownership of it because it's them. Like they are going to be the people that are going to grow into adults and use them on their own. So let, we want to have them have ownership now. They need yeah. to be able to have that like self-drive to figure out what are those things that are going to work for me and what doesn't work. And we as the adults need to be like, to be okay with that. Like, okay, mm-hmm. so mindfulness like this does not work for you. That is okay. I will let that go. I will try something different with you. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get traction if your child is not resonating with, with what they're going to do to cope. It's time we put help directly in our kids' hands. Introducing Crushing OCD Course for Kids and Teens. 
It was way more helpful than all the other therapy we've ever done because we didn't really know what to do. So we weren't really doing it before. So the course helped to figure out what the exposures are and how to do them. We're not in therapy and find it really hard um, to find an ERP trained therapist here. Um, so we're currently with like the public health service, but again, they don't seem to be trained in ERP. It's filled that gap that we don't have that was desperately needed. This was really well timed for us to use between therapists and to help us like start get off to a good start with this new practice it was easy to use um, i was able to do it from my phone or also on the computer there's different ages you know so there were younger kids there were teenagers and um so that was really nice too to have a variety of ages where it wasn't just geared towards younger kids or older kids it was a nice variety it's helpful for our kids to hear it from this like third party as opposed to just us saying it. I really like the offense and defense method. I love working on poking at OCD while it's sleeping. It makes it a little bit easier to do and it's kind of fun. <laughs> I'm planning on using it to work on my uh, fear of like holding or touching batteries and stuff like that. So it was really helpful and I think a lot of other kids would like it. I thought that I was like the only one who had worrying about the weather and stuff. And then there was somebody else on there who worried about the same thing, which was really helpful. Seems less scary to work on stuff now that I've watched this class and I'm more interested to work on it. I like trying to do more exposures still and going to, before I wasn't, I just didn't want to do them. I've worked on some of my bigger compulsions and been successful. I realized it was helpful to do like the exposures before it was like really, really hard. It's still hard, but it's helpful to know that I need to do them. Before there would be a lot of battles about it. So it is definitely less loggerheads. Really, really good course and super helpful. Definitely would recommend this. It's really easy to follow. It's in nice bite-sized videos. I really like the worksheets that go along with it. And I think it's really helpful. To learn more about this course and register your child or teen, go to atparentingsurvivalschool.com. The other thing that came up for me when you were just saying that is often with kids with anxiety or CD, I'll, I'll find parents will be so involved in regulating their kids that there becomes a secondary like anxious attachment or separation anxiety because it's like, I'm not going to be okay unless I have my parent here who helps self-regulate me. And I wonder if we can talk about that too. Sometimes people talk about co-regulation and sometimes that scares me too, because I'm like, I mean, I get it, but then I'm like, I want my child, my child panics all the time. So like when they're in the cafeteria or when they're, you know, in the car and I'm not with them, how do they learn how to be independent with using their coping skills? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's something to be said for that co-regulation, but what's the point of co-regulation for them to be able to regulate themselves eventually, right? So we need to make sure we're building that in. We can co-regulate. That's cool. That's fine. Especially when they're little, like it's really good to be able to do that. But then the goal is for them to be able to self-regulate. The We're teaching them how in that relationship so that they will have that strategy to use as they get older, as they are getting better at it. So to give them the opportunity to practice, you know, and to be able to do the skill separate from you. And you know, it is, it can get really tricky, especially if you have anxiety and your child has anxiety, it becomes sort of, it can be a little bit tough to separate out all of that. Like you have to deal with your own stuff, plus your, your kid's stuff. 
<laughs> so to be able to separate and manage your own anxiety and have your own strategies that you use when they are having a hard time and being able to say, I'm going to step away and you can do it and you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that belief that you have for them that they can do it is key. And it, you know, maybe it's like, it's a ladder step of, cause I was just thinking about my daughters. We're talking about this and, and she's 11. So not quite teenager. My other one's 13 and 19. So they're two out of the three, but she's my most teenage one out of all of them actually. But she has panic and she'll start to like, you know, she might hyperventilate and she, I might need to help her co-regulate by I'll hold her hands and we'll breathe together. And so I can pace her breathing. But I'm thinking, you know, helping her become independent, I might pull out my phone and have one of those breathing gifts. And so yeah. then we do it together, but I'm giving her a tool that she can then learn to do on her own. So then she's not dependent on me permanently. You know, it's this process of how can I back out of this while supporting and growing my child's ability to tolerate distress? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it is where they are. You can do it with them, but then you're giving them the tools and strategies that they can do it on their own. Yeah. So I wonder, and maybe we should have started with this, but that's okay. I wonder what are the common barriers to getting kids to use coping mechanisms or coping tools? Oh gosh. So I think there's a few of them. So I think that like, they don't want to look weird. They don't want to look different. They feel like there might be something wrong with them if they have to use coping skills. Like they feel like there's something must be like improper with how they are as a person. And I also just wonder if they're like, there's just like a little bit of resistance. Sometimes with some kids, they're just like, I, you say yes. And I'm going to say no. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's set up for that almost with some kids. Yes. And so one of the things that I talk with kids about a lot actually is my own strategies and my own coping, because I think when we can model good coping, then they can pick up on that. So sometimes it's hard to talk with them about their own strategies. So I will use myself. I talk about my own strategies all the time. I talk about when they work and I've talked about when they don't, because I think it's really helpful for people to know, like, that's a normal thing. Like you don't, I'm a human and I'm going to make mistakes. And sometimes I do really well when I'm having a bad day. And sometimes I don't. And so these are the things that I've tried. This has worked for me. And especially with my like tweenagers, teenagers, I will then say, okay, so this, I will use that. And I will say, this is what happened for me. I will sometimes tell stories from when I was a kid or tell other kids stories mm -hmm. um, of past clients and then use that as a way to then go into the conversation with kids about coping skills. Because I think it's, it's hard to talk about. You need to have that to be vulnerable and to be brave to talk about it. It takes a lot to get there. I think even some adults don't even know what they do to calm down or what they do to for self-care when they're overwhelmed. You know, I think it's an emotional intelligence to be able to recognize when I'm not okay, this is what I do versus it being kind of like a reactive behavior. And I think kids are the same way. Like it's a, it's a gift for us to help them identify. These are the things that I notice that you do that help you when you're not feeling okay or when you're feeling distressed. Yeah, absolutely. And it is there. there is this emotional intelligence piece to it. And I always forget that I think because like being in the world of therapy, like I feel like I've been working on myself for so long. <laughs> yeah, so goofy. but like, that's how you know, you there's a lot of introspection that has to go into when you're working with kids, like you have to sort of be aware of your own stuff when you're working with other people. Yeah, but 
I also recognize like I've had some spots where I've been like, oh, that's interesting. I got to work through that now. <laughs> but like I just discovered that about myself. Yes. Cool. <laughs> and recognizing that other people are at different levels of that when they're parenting, when they're working and raising children, like it, you can be at a spot where it's real, you're in a really bad place, but you still have to help the children too. So how do you work through all of that? Yeah. And helping yourself helps your kids because I love what you said about modeling because it's, it makes us human and it helps one. It's a twofer because you're helping yourself, which will actually help your kids too. Because when you're starting to become in tune and you're recognizing you know, when I'm overwhelmed, I notice that I, I tend to go sit out in the backyard and I think maybe it's because I need the quiet or maybe it's a reset, but I'm noticing that that's what I do. And that helps your child on so many fronts. Cause they're kind of like, Oh, when mom's out there in the backyard, maybe I should give her some space. <laughs> Not that that will always happen, but some awareness of, Oh, I mean, I can kind of connect the dots now, but two, what do I do when I'm overwhelmed? You know, and I think having that discussion, because I don't know if it's, I mean, it is hard when we're therapists because we are a lot of therapists are working on themselves continually, which I think it's a beautiful thing. And we have, we have this education piece. I don't think it's very common for, for adults to even know what they do to help calm themselves down. I will say it is the most requested book that I, people ask me to write is coping skills for adults, which I haven't written yet, but it's in there. I'm, I'm working through some stuff Coming. to be able to put that into the world. Because I think it would be really helpful for adults to figure out what are the things that I love to do that bring me calm, that bring me joy, that help me work through the tough days that I have. Like, life is tough. We need to figure out how to manage it. Yeah. And, you know, when you have, when you know what works, then your self care is better because you're able to say, oh, I think I'm revving up, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you have a new, you have amazing resources already, which I'm always excited about. And I've been talking to you forever about like, you could have a community, you know, you should do, you should do a membership. You have so much value to share with people. So you have your books, Coping Skills for Kids, Coping Skills for Teens, which are bestsellers. And I used in my practice when I had one, it was like, you know, earmarked and used on my shelf all the time. But now I'm very excited because you have a new community that's come out. So can you share with the audience what that entails? Yeah, absolutely. And I have to thank you because I don't think I could have launched the community without your inspiration and your support. Like it really, I, I was telling somebody else the other day, I'm like, I, if it wasn't for Natasha, I wouldn't have done this. But <laughs> well, We help each other because like you're so easy to talk to. And we all, every time I talk to you, it's like, I think we both get ideas of like, wait, that's very interesting. Yeah. It's, it's really fun to talk to somebody who like gets all these spheres of, of life. But I love the community. And I'm really excited to actually bring it out to the world. Because really, what it starts at is a content library. So I try and put all sorts of coping skills in there. So I actually have like three deep breathing gifts in there. And I have Ooh. different resources for distraction and relaxation for deep breathing for all of the coping styles, they're all in there all organized. And then I have little clips of experts that I've talked to on my podcast, like yourself, just talking about different sort of strategies that they can use, ways that can help you feel better as a parent, some different ideas about that. And then I do a lot of, I have videos and I have PDFs that I can, that people can download. Some are fillable, so you can use them online, which I think oh, is really nice. great. I know. 
like I don't not all of them, but it's really I'm trying to build that up so that people can use it. And what I also love is it's built on a platform that actually has an app. So you can use it on your iPad, you can use it on your phone. And I think it has an, an Android app as well. So it's not really so fun. I love it. And then, you know, I go live once a week. So I am able to go in and, you know, you can submit Q&As and I can answer I submit questions and I answer those. I do a group topic call once a week as well for professionals and for families so that they can come in and we can really focus on something. So today's topic is social and emotional learning, which is super helpful in talking about it all the time in school. So I wanted to make sure that people understood it and I was able to share it. So. Yeah, what a great resource. I mean, I could see it being really helpful for therapists, school counselors, and also parents, because it's like to have that on tap. And I looked through it and I was like, oh, this is just such a comprehensive thing where I can just say like, what would be good for my child at this moment? And they're constantly changing. And so their coping skills will change or strategies will change. And then for for people to have access directly to you, to have a live class where they can join and learn new skills is invaluable. And then I saw how much you were charging for it, which I was like, <laughs> before we got on the podcast, I'm like, Janine, what are you doing? <laughs> it's only $10 a month, which is amazing for the amount of stuff. Because I was talking to you before. I'm like, that's a lot of stuff that parents and therapists and counselors will have access to. Yeah. And I wanted to make it accessible. That's why I priced it the way I did, because I wanted people to be able to use it. And to be able to say, oh, this is a really great product and share it with your friends, tell your colleagues, um, get more people coming in so that we can really have this community where we support each other. And we have a good time. I've had, I had a welcome call. I had a cake and balloons. It was fun. Cake? <laughs> I should have had cake. <laughs> it, was so, it was, it was so goofy. I felt so silly, but at the same time, you know, people were saying, you know, I've been waiting for you to do something like this. I'm so excited. The resources are great. So I've gotten really great feedback at the beginning and I just want to keep adding to it. So I really, that's where people can really get in touch with me. And that's what I like about it is that people can have access to me so that they can just, they can ask a question and I can answer it for them. And I love that. I love that. And there is something amazing when there, there's someone like a, an expert that you follow and to have that direct contact. I know I have joined, you know, in my online world career, I've joined several memberships and just to get that access to that person on tap was, was amazing. And so, yeah. Where can people go to learn more and sign up? So if they go to hub.copingskillsforkids.com, that is where they'll learn a little bit more about the resources that are available and they can sign up. Okay, I will leave a link in the show notes. And I would tell people that if you're interested, sign up now because I imagine that as it's growing bigger and bigger, that like introductory price will probably, you know, over time go up because that's just how memberships work and what a steal to get all those resources for $10 a month. And I'm like, I think I need that. <laughs> <laughs> we can join right up, Natasha. I'm like, I'm gonna come look at that. I need the breathing app, and I wanna my my 11 year old needs some more creative ideas. Actually, my 13 year old does too. So, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. I'm sure people are gonna find a lot of value in this. Thank you so much for having me. I'm. It's always so much fun to talk with you. Well, I hope that you found that helpful. I always get something from my conversations with Janine. Um, definitely check out her membership her community, which is at copingskillsforkids.com slash hub. So much packed into that community. And 
Hope that you find that helpful. Also, don't forget, I didn't do this on purpose that we're talking about two communities today, so I apologize for that. But my doors happen to be open to my community as well. And actually, both of them together are like a superpower because you can get coping skills and then you can get direct support for anxiety and OCD, and you will have so many tools at your fingertips. And as parents, we really have to kind of own our child's journey with their anxiety or OCD and tap into these tools. You can tap in. The the beautiful thing about this world right now and the way that things have evolved, maybe due to COVID, although I was doing this before COVID, but is that therapists and experts in these fields are accessible now in the online world. And that is so good for parents when you live in areas where there is uh, barriers to access of care, which happens everywhere, but especially in rural areas, if you live in the United States, even in non-rural areas, I have parents telling me they live in like a major metropolitan area and they're having a hard time finding someone who specializes in anxiety or OCD, especially OCD. And not to mention Australia, Canada, and the UK, big, big struggles in those areas. And now you have access in this digital age to experts in the field through these communities. And that is an up and coming thing that's been evolving. And more and more people are getting into building communities and they have incredible experience. And so tapping into these communities can be a great way to offer support to your kids and have that professional guidance, not therapists, because we can't be your therapist. We, you know, aren't your therapist, but you're having that therapeutic expertise in your living room and that's priceless. So check out atparentingcommunity.com. My doors close on Thursday and check out copingskillsforkids.com slash hub and that community as well. Her community is just $10 a month. So an added supplement to my community would be her community. That would be incredible. So if you're enjoying my podcast, don't forget to hit a star and rate it wherever you're consuming your podcast. That is really helpful for other parents to say, hey, you know what? This podcast, I'm getting things from it. It's not going to waste your time. And so it's a way to give back to other parents. I also love when you take the time to write a review. You know, I greatly appreciate that. And I appreciate it so much that whenever I see a new one, I take the time to read it so that I can honor you and the words that you put out there. So I do want to thank Little Bear's mom. That's really cute. Username. She wrote, so helpful. About nine months ago, we started noticing behavior changes in our nine-year-old. A friend mentioned OCD habits, so we started really paying attention to him and saw some slight compulsions. I wanted to learn more about OCD and how to help him. So while researching, I came across this podcast. In the last month, I've listened to numerous podcasts and it's been incredibly helpful. We've already made so much progress with him. Today, for the first time, we were meeting with a specialist in our area. He was thankful that we were able to clearly communicate exactly what we see in our son and how we've been doing ERP at home. We are so very thankful for all of the knowledge and information Natasha is sharing. And I've already shared this podcast with friends and children who are wondering about anxiety and OCD. Definitely worth listening to. Thank you so much. And I love that you were already doing ERP and already knew what questions and information to share with a therapist to get jump started because that is the goal. Sometimes we have to wait and we have, you know, there's a, there's, we're on a wait list or we're looking for that right therapist and we don't have to sit idly by before we start helping our kids. Being proactive is so key. And so this is just such a good example of someone who noticed that there were some concerns, educated themselves through my podcast and other podcasts probably, and then was able to 
take actionable steps to help their child while getting into therapy. By the time you get into your therapist, if you have all these skills, you are five, six, seven sessions ahead. And the therapist is going to thank you because it's like, oh, I'm talking to a knowledgeable, educated parent. My work is halfway done. (laughs) So thank you for, for writing that little bear's mom and hope little bear is doing okay. And if you write a review, maybe I'll be reading yours next time. You never know. So don't forget to find the sparkle in everything you do. And I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care. Thank you for listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. To get additional support raising a child with anxiety or OCD, visit Natasha's online school of on-demand classes at atparentingsurvivalschool.com.